it was so delightful. They were throwing me around like a baby. And you're like, who throws a baby? Yeah. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. He was a seven foot seven giant who fought in the Civil War and spent the last decades of his life in Northeast Texas. This week, we look at the original Texas giant, Henry Clay Thruston. But first, who's the tallest person you've ever physically seen in Texas? Uh, well, I'll go first. So I actually saw Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca at a comic book convention in, I think, 2003 or so. Uh, he was outside smoking a cigarette uh, with Tila from Planet of the Apes. And Carrie Fisher was out there as well smoking. And she's legitimately like not even five, was legitimately not even five feet tall. Uh, and he looked he looked twice as tall as Princess Leia did. Uh, and uh, actually, Peter Mayhew now lives with his wife in Boyd, Texas, which is just north of uh, Dallas. So he's six foot. He's seven foot three. I think he's he's stooped, but he was still just crazy tall. That's a tall drink of water. Yeah, he was he was a crazy tall guy. <laughs> you know, I have a, f- a friend of my sister's who played in the NBA, and he's seven feet legitimately tall and he's massive to be around but one time in the 90s i was in a binnigan's and sean bradley from the mavericks was in there and he's seven foot six and i watched him i can't remember i don't think he ate a monte cristo or anything like that but you know (laughs) again he was so incredibly tall like he he did not uh he wasn't shack like in that he was a you know a massive shouldered kind of guy he's just he's just incredibly tall he's like that dude is tall and as a uh, patently average height person, I was just like, that is that is super tall. So th- I, I guess he could have pulled like one of those crazy banjos off the wall at Benningas or something. And <laughs> all the like some old like, you know, snow skis that are like nailed to the wall. He probably could have pulled anything he wanted down, I guess. Tallest person I've ever physically seen in Texas. Well, these days I kind of want to say my son because he's grown like a weed. I think he uh, officially passed me up a couple weeks ago. But... um. I'm going to go ahead and cheat and say that I've seen um, Robert Wadlow, who was the tallest man ever, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, because I saw uh, an exhibit with him at uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not in Grand Prairie. Um, I, I don't know. I don't usually you know, measure the height of people that I meet, but I also did see Peter Mayhew at that same convention, so uh, maybe that counts. Yeah. It's a very tall I, man. I always wish I'd been able to see Andre the Giant, but uh, yeah. that was well before uh, I was going to any physically going to any wrestling shows. I do have a, my, one of my guys that my dad worked with years ago said he met Andre the Giant. And he had a ring that you could legit drop a quarter through. <laughs> so he said he was the hugest human being yeah. that ever walked the earth. Well, I think there's there's two pictures. I don't know which brand. There's two pictures I love, and one is. Arnold Schwarzenegger standing between Andre the Giant and Wilt Chamberlain, and mm-hmm. in uh, he tells and he looks a, like a child. He looks like a child. In fact, he actually tells a story that like he was filming Conan um, the Destroyer, and he said that Andre and Wilt like basically they picked him up like a baby and were throwing it, tossing him back and forth between them. <laughs> he says it was so delightful they were throwing me around like a baby, and you're like who throws a baby? Yeah. 
Um, and then there's another picture of uh, Artemis Atrian Gilmore, who used to play for the Spurs and the Bulls, and he was with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and they're standing next to Earl Campbell, Hall of Famer Earl Campbell, unstoppable football player, and again, he looks like a tiny child, just because just these incredibly tall people are just so... Henry Clay Thurston was born on May 4th, 1830. Or maybe May 5th, 1830, or May 14th, 1831. It kind of depends where you look, because it was the 1830s, and people were not great at writing stuff down and saving it. But he was born in Greenville, South Carolina, and shortly after his birth in 1832, the family migrated to the sparsely settled Morgan County, Missouri. His family was noted as being remarkable for its uplifting and moral influence and for the physical stature of its men. Five sons ranged in height from six feet six to seven feet seven and a half inches. Henry himself was well over six feet tall in early a- <clears throat> Henry himself was well over six feet tall in his early adolescence, and by the time he became an adult, he towered over even his largest brother, topping over seven feet tall. Allegedly, Thurston's grandfather had been over seven feet and served as an aide and bodyguard to General George Washington in the American Revolution. In 1850, Thurston was swept away to California by gold rush fever, but he never made it to the gold fields. He was recruited by an enterprising saloon keeper in San Francisco who paid him $20 a month just to stand in his front door for people to look at and presumably amble on in to wet their whistles and marvel at the sight of the giant young man. After a short while, Thurston returned home to Missouri by the way of Panama, and in 1853, he married a distant cousin, Mary. They settled to a life of farming, and they started a family, including one son who grew to be over seven feet tall himself. However, in 1861, the Civil War broke out, and Missouri, though it remained a Union state, was torn by the conflict, just like most other states. The Thustons were loyal South Carolinians, and all five sons joined the Confederacy. Almost immediately, Thuston himself, who obviously was well-known in the parts, made an impression, especially when the average height of the day was around 5 feet 8 inches. Most accounts state that Thuston was 7 feet 7 and a half at the time of the Civil War, though some accounts and pictures seem to put him a little shorter, though these are much later in his life. He joined Colonel John Q. Burbage's 4th Missouri Cavalry, which must have been something to see, a 7-plus footer riding into battle on a horse. Another story that made the rounds of the Missouri men was that they couldn't find a uniform big enough for the giant. Thurston's unit, which included several brothers' nephews and was captained by his cousin-in-law, participated in a number of battles in the southern Missouri and northern Arkansas, including the Confederate defeat at Pea Ridge, Arkansas, where Texas Ranger legend and Confederate General Ben McCullough was killed. The unit transferred under the command of a General Marmaduke and directly under the command of Colonel W.I. Preston. Preston ordered the company to assemble in a dress parade. When he gave the command, Attention! He saw Thurston, obviously head and shoulders above the rest of the men. <clears throat> Preston angrily ordered Thurston to get off that damn stump. He gave the command a second time, but Thurston didn't move. He drew his saber and declared, I will make you obey orders. And he marched right towards Thurston and said, What are you standing on? Thurston calmly replied, I am standing on the ground. Presumably, Colonel Preston didn't have much else to say. <laughs> standing on the ground. <laughs> There's also a possibly or probably, 
apocryphal story that during one battle, both sides cease fighting long enough for a picture of Thuston and David B. Buskirk at six foot ten and a half and one of the tallest men in the Union Army to be taken together to prove who was the tallest. Now, how they would manage to get everybody to stop shooting each other long enough to take a picture would be a fascinating story, but I imagine this is the detail that probably sways the story into the tall tale area. Ha, ha, tall tale. Tall tale. Ta-da! Thurston managed to make it through the war with only wounds, despite Shirley being literally the largest target on the battlefield. He was wounded in the side, possibly his hip, at Poison Springs, Arkansas, and, oddly enough, had a bullet graze the top of his head in Missouri. There is some indication that the wound in his hip made him stoop or slouch later in life, which may have reduced his comparative size in pictures with other men. Late in the war, he was captured and became a prisoner of war in Louisiana, but was paroled in Shreveport in June of, ni- in June of 1865 presumably when they learned that the war was actually over at that point. Uh, He returned home to his family in Missouri to rebuild from the ashes of war. For the next decade, Thurston alternated between farming in Missouri and living off the fame of being the tallest rebel soldier or the world's tallest man. He toured with circuses, including possibly P.T. Barnum's, on and off through the second half of the 19th century. In 1874, he and his wife moved to Titus County, Texas, northeast Dallas near the town of Mount Pleasant in a community called Mount Vernon. He bought 160 acres of land from Ann Hunt on September 12, 1874 in the northwest part of the county just south of White Oak Creek. Over the years as he traveled and made muddy, Thuston continued to buy other lands in that area until he finally owned several hundred acres. Thuston lived on the farm until 1891 when Mary died and then he moved into town to a lovely dog trot home with nine-foot ceilings, and it still stands today. According to the website TexasConfederateVeterans.com, the December 1809 issue of Confederate Confederate Veteran Magazine wrote, quote, Nin- he was a- 1909. Yeah. You said According- 1809. Yeah, I know. According to the website TexasConfederateVeterans.com, the December 1909 issue of Confederate Veteran Magazine wrote, quote, he was among his acquaintances in this area he was known among his acquaintances in this area as Colonel Thuston. It seems that practically all Confederate veterans in their later years either became major or colonel. His acquaintances pronounced his name Thruston. For many years following the Civil War, he spent most of his time in traveling with circuses and was always billed in these sideshows as being, quote, the world's tallest man. In order to accent his height, he wore a tall beaver hat high top boots and a long coat. As one of his acquaintances said, quote, this made him look to be 10 feet tall. His friend, Judge R.T. Wilkinson of Mount Vernon, was also quoted in that article, and he said, Thurston was a vain old fellow and proud of his height and was always willing and ready to recount events of the Civil War and of his life. The judge says that his hands were as big as hams and his feet were so large that he had to have his shoes specially made. He rode horseback quite a bit, and when he was riding a small horse, his knees were usually pulled up as high as the horse's back in order that his feet would not drag the ground. He had a buggy specially built for him with the seat built high up in order that he could ride more comfortably. While Thurston genuinely enjoyed participating in Civil War reunion activities, 
He could be a bit of a surly cuss. He seemed to tire over all the years of hearing all the tall jokes at his expense. Friends told a story that one time a man who was about five feet six inches walked up to Thurston with a smirk on his face and asked, Say, big fellow, how's the weather up there? Thurston looked way down on him and spit directly in the man's face and said, It's raining. That's pretty cold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thurston continued to participate in Civil War unions and traveled with circuses well into his old age, often being billed as the Missouri Giant or, the better name, the Texas Giant. As was customary in the day, circuses would celebrate their arrivals in towns with a spectacular parade. Boy, that's a thing of the past I do miss, is the, the circus parade. At any rate, whenever they went into a town of any of the Confederate states, he'd always walk in the lead of the parade in his Confederate uniform, carrying a large Confederate flag over his shoulder, and this was one of the most popular things in that parade. When they were marching in a Union state, he would also lead the parade. This time he'd be dressed as Uncle Sam, and he'd carry both the Union and Confederate flags. I guess he just couldn't stand up against those stars and bars, even in the even in the Union states. You just can't, uh, you know, these colors never run, right? <laughs> <laughs> On July 2nd, 1909, Thurston sat down to supper with his son Ed and his family. His daughter-in-law told him that since he had not been feeling very well lately, he'd better pass on the cabbage. Thurston began to butter a biscuit, and he fell back in his chair in heart failure. Even in death, Thurston made news. The local undertaker had to await the arrival by train of an eight-foot-long custom-made casket from Texarkana. It was so long that it couldn't fit into the hearse when the doors were closed. They buried him in a, in a grave, which was much longer than it was deep, in Mount Pleasant's Edwards Cemetery. The editor of the local weekly newspaper eulogized Thurston as a kind and generous friend, a citizen of strong prejudices, which the modern word would be more beliefs, and intense patriotism. But he'd also been a heathen to the end who made no pretension to religion whatsoever. Well, Thurston's death made headlines throughout Texas, the South, and indeed throughout the country. He was eulogized as the tallest soldier of the Civil War, although it should be noted that Kentucky claimed its own giant, a Martin Van Buren Bates, who was the true holder of that title. Bates was seven foot seven and weighed 328 pounds, and he rose to the rank of captain in Virginia. Bates was also a celebrated circus attraction who married a Canadian woman who was legitimately seven feet 11 inches tall. He was taller than both Bates and Thuston. He lived in Seville, Ohio until his death in 1919. At the age of 81. Now, most of his proponents point out the disputed records of Thurston's height to claim Bates's legitimacy, but really, I think there's room for compromise. Now, Bates was tall, but Thurston gets the edge because he ended up settling in Texas, and where better for the tallest tale than in Texas? I was looking at some of these old newspaper prints about Thurston, and uh, one eulogy had a great line where he said, like, he spent his declining years in quiet and plenty. Interesting. I know. That's a nice way to say it. Yeah. He he never got out. <laughs> he never got out much, and just kind of sat there and enjoyed his. Yeah. Day. Yeah. It, Sometimes the newspapers were kind of a mixed bag. I did read one article about him that said that he he grew. He was he was nearly eight feet tall in the Civil War, and then he was wounded, and it stopped his growth. And like, no, that didn't happen. No. But well, uh, I just I find it, I mean. This is a cool story. I I, would, I did not know about this story, but it's interesting. Like, there is something captivating about seeing people of this size. 
Mm-hmm. Like you just see a giant. I mean, and given the uh, the malnutrition of the day, I can only imagine just like how what kind of weathering heights he might have reached had he had some solid medical treatment and nutrition. Yeah. Well, and you know, I've I've we've we've talked about you know we talked about Peter Mayhew earlier and and uh, you know talked about Andre the Giant and you know the Andre the Giant. Uh, documentary just came out on on uh, HBO recently, and Andre the Giant had gigantism or a- 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 acromegaly, uh, and that is an uncontrollable hormonal growth. And those people who have that generally die at a very young age. You know, Andre was in his forties when he passed away, um, but it has very distinct features. You have large, your all of you get, becomes large, uh, and. Uh, Peter Mayhew is a very tall man, but he doesn't have a large head. He's got really long fingers and long arms and long legs, and that's another condition called Marfan syndrome. And so you look at some of these pictures of, of Thurston, and he's got really long hands and long arms. Long, he's a spindly, big, spindly man, uh, and, and he lived to be a very old age. So I, I would think that you know if they were to do some genetic testing on him today, they probably would find that he may have had – Marfan syndrome, or he just could be congenitally uh, just a tall person because his grandfather was seven feet tall, apparently. His brothers all were six plus, and he had a seven feet tall child. So just ran in the family, but it is odd. You know, you have all those people that are, you know, five, six, five, seven, five, eight, you know, all these people that are much shorter at the time and the, to the average height was much smaller. And and it's just got to be odd to see, to consider either, you know, a cavalry troop riding in with his horses and this giant man sitting on a moor you know these troops you know you see you take these images of the civil war and these lines of gray men you know marching with their rifles and their bayonets and then you imagine whoop my head goes up to look at the tall man in the middle of the in the middle of that line of troops oh i can all imagine yeah yeah um yeah yeah you know i'm below average height i think and uh, the idea of you know, a whole family of these giant people walking around is uh, a little intimidating. Well, as a person who flies almost weekly for for my job, and I spend a lot of time in coach, um, and I'm just at the height where if I'm a bit taller, it's over for the knees. Um, mm-hmm. And so anytime I see somebody just a little bit taller for me getting on an airplane and not stopping in first class, I feel bad for them. Yeah. So I can I only know. imagine how this guy would have had to fold himself up into a, like a briefcase to fit on a modern car or airplane or something. The fact that he had to build a special wagon just yeah. so that he could get around. But imagine him being on these trains and stuff, you know, the the time. Traveling with circus on a train. You have to fold yeah. himself up. Yeah, you know, Sam Houston was considered a giant man, a very large man. He was six foot six. Uh, and yet if he stood, if he'd ever gotten a chance to stand next to Thuston, he would have been... He would look like a child. He would look like a small man because just imagine the just the remarkable height of that. But I, I love the image of him walking. You know him. You know, I, a Confederate states. He's gonna. He's gonna. You know, say what you want and take politics aside about the the Confederate flag and the Confederate uniform. But just for the time, imagine that I'm going to wear my Confederate uniform in a Confederate state, and I'm going to dress like Uncle Sam in a Union state, but I'm still going to carry that Confederate flag. No matter what, I've got a Confederate flag, and really no one's going to stop me. Yeah, well, who could? Yeah. Who could? <laughs> yeah, maybe if they had a Russian strongman in the in the freak show, you know, he might uh, could do something about it, but it's doubtful. Well, 
I think you need you need a Hugh Jackman like figure to to sing and unite them. Yes, that's true. <laughs> the lots of singing and dancing, and a whole choreographed scene with shot glasses. That's what you need. Yeah. Well, it's a great story, and, and it's interesting. It's great that he moved to Texas. You can go in and mount, to Mount Pleasant. You can go to Mount Pleasant. Uh, or so you can go to Mount Vernon today, which is just outside of Mount Pleasant, and uh, see this house. There's a historical marker there. Uh, a dog trot home. For those who don't know what a dog trot home is, it's a house that it has a open, open, open outdoor hallway in between two sections of the house, so that wind could blow and keep the keep the house cool. So, uh, if you've never heard of that term, uh, that's what a dog trot is. With nine foot ceilings, which didn't happen at the time. Most most ceilings were. Six foot at best. Like I said, you know, my sister has a friend who played in the NBA, and, and I can remember before, when he was just in high school, he came by the house, he's seven feet tall, and I can remember he said, like, uh, looked at the top of our refrigerator and said, you know, man, Ms. Lukowski, it's pretty dusty up here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're the only one that can see that. You're the only one. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Shaw with two ends. And I am Scott Eckes. If you like this show, tell your friends and leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. If you'd like to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash texaspodcast, where you too can become a come-and-take-it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.